Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. right okay just so you know all right all right uh, uh, it's good to be back uh, I think one of the tasks one of the assignments on the life of a lead pastor uh, there are many but I think one of the assignments um, that we're tasked with I think I'm right is that um, like this in the Old Testament there's a I'm off script so y'all just stay with me in the Old Testament there's a group of men called the sons of Issachar and the Bible says th- what set them apart is they could discern the times discern the seasons. And so I think one of the tasks and um, obligations, responsibilities that I have, or at least I believe I have, is to try to keep my ear to the ground um, close enough to hear what God is saying uh, to, to us and for us and what he's trying to accomplish in seasons. And I don't know if you've, if you've sensed it, because I hadn't been here. So uh, it's been like we talked. Our staff hasn't even all been in the same building since Christmas. We still haven't. We still got a couple out this morning on a, on, on a trip. And so it's been this weird feeling. But at the same time, even removed from this environment at times, I really sense that what God is saying and doing is that he's, he's taking us into a, a new season or a season of revival. Now, that sounds like a preacher thing to say, but I don't know what's going on. I just really sense that people are getting so hungry for God that they're not willing to sit back and wait anymore. All right, I got three of you that agree with me. Um, I was in a, th- this is totally not planned, but I, w- I so I was sitting in a, in a meeting in North Carolina. Thank you, North Carolina, for giving me COVID. Uh, anyway, that's a different story. I, I, sitting in a room, and this preacher looks at all these preachers in the room talking about models and systems, and he, may, he asked this question that kind of rattled me a little bit. He said, how many of you at your core this may not mean anything to you, so I may have to explain. But he said, how many of you at your core, in your preaching style, your preaching heart, you're a revivalist? And I figured I'd be the only one in the room because that's, that's the environment I was raised in. That's the voices that spoke into my life. If y'all hadn't heard my dad preach, you, you wouldn't understand. But that's who, that's, and all around the room, there were about 15 of us in there, all the hands went up. I was like, I've heard you preach. I don't know if you're a revivalist or not. But anyway, that's a different story. But, but what it made me do was it made me re- kind of go back, take a few steps back and go, you know what? I think God's taking us back to some stuff. He said, well, what does that have to do with me? You got to get in it. What you waiting on? We're giving you permission. We're making room. We're trying to provide an environment where you can go after God hard. Yeah, okay, so are you with me? So, so, so what happens is this, at the beginning of a new year, we begin to start to think about different and changes, and, and we think about, uh, we, we're gonna do something new. Yeah, I mean, how many of you have already uh, forgotten what your New Year's resolution was because it didn't last very, okay, don't, don't raise a hand. I, I see some hands. Are, uh, we're gonna have altar call for you here. No, we're not. So, so, but if we could summarize the way we think about, this new season that we're in, I think the word that comes to mind is the word we've been talking about for four weeks now. At least I know in the two weeks I've been here, I was talking about it. I think Pastor Drew was talking about it too. It's the word movement. 
This idea that uh, we've got to make a move. So, so I, I defined for you while I was here, uh, the, 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 the definition of movement is this, a series of organized activities working towards an, an objective. And so we started this thing off, and, and Pastor Drew said that you needed to move over. I, I came the week after and said you need to move on. Then last week, Pastor Drew stepped in for me right at the last minute, and he declared to you that we got to move now. So these are organized steps, or, uh, uh, activities, uh, uh, processes that we go through to get to new. And so this morning, I want to try to wrap this up, and I just want to tell you that uh, there, there's one more step because I, I think we also got to move out. See, let me, let me, let me say a, thing, a couple things first. The concept of movement or seeing changed is predicated on one simple principle. All right, here it is. I'm, I'm giving you the principle of movement right now. Here it is. If you want something different, then you must do something different. <laughs> See, if you want something more, then you gotta do something more. Yeah, if you want change, then Predicated on the idea of movement, you got to change. Yeah. So, so uh, in other words, you must move out. The path, the pattern, the plan, the routine, the recipe that you have used to get you to the point that you are now will not take you to the point that you want to get to unless you make adjustments now on the way. I can prove this to you in the natural, then I think I can prove it to you in the supernatural and in the spiritual. Let me just show you. Uh, in the natural, isn't it true, those of you that are workout freaks like me, can't you tell? Um, uh, the, the, those of you that have ever been in work, just like on this really brutal, excruciating, exhausting workout plan, and you're, I mean, you're going hard for months, same plan, same routine, you're killing me, dude. You want to cuss your trainer. All of a sudden, in the middle of that process, what you discover, is that although the plan you've been on brought you to a certain point, if you don't make some adjustments, you don't go any further. It's called a plateau. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Are there any New Year's dieters in the room? Haven't you discovered that when you start that diet plan, it takes you to a certain point, and then about somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in the journey when you've given up Krispy Kreme, and you've given up Dr. Pepper, and you've given up all the sugar so you're no longer, you're barely hanging on like you're not even really alive, you're not enjoying life anymore. At that moment, you just you hit this wall, and it's like you can't drop any more weight because you've discovered at that moment that movement requires change. You've got to change something. You've got to tweak something. There's got to be something else you bring along aside of what you've already been doing. It got you to this point, but now to go further. Okay, so the same thing happens in the spiritual realm. In our spiritual life, the disciplines, the daily discipleship program that you followed religiously will get you to a certain place, and then you have to change it up. You have to move out. Okay, so I'm going to take you to a passage of Scripture that when I begin to read it, you're all going to go, I know this account. Sunday school teachers with flannel boards taught me this when I was tw two years old. I know you know the account, but I need to take you back because I think this account, what it does is it shows us this year how we have to move out. Because, see, I don't want us to end up at the end of the year where we began the year. I don't want you to be at the end of the year where you are right now spiritually. I don't want you to love Jesus as much at the end of the year as you love him now. 
I want you to end the year loving him more, looking like him more, talking like him more, living like him more, serving him more. The only way to do that is to move out. So here we go. Join me in Mark chapter 2. Here it is, familiar passage, Mark Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. Can I just stop? This is not in my notes, but could I just tell you, if the word got out that Jesus (laughs) was in town. Okay. He was back in that soon. There were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room, even outside the door. While Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. But when they realized they couldn't even get him, get near him because of the crowd, they went up on top of the house and tore away the roof above Jesus' head. And when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. And when Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are now forgiven. This offended some of the religious scholars who were present, and they reasoned among themselves, Why does he think he, why, why does he, think he is to speak this way? This is blasphemy for sure. Only God himself can forgive sins. By the way, why is it? That it's the religious folks that always want to resist the move of God. Why is it the churchy folks that when Jesus is about to do something that you've never seen him do before, let's go one step further. Why is it the religious folks that get aggravated with people that will move out and do things that have never been done before? Why? So what I'm just telling you, let me just put the, the news flash. Uh, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you a public service announcement. If you're religious, if you're churchy, this might not be the place for you. Huh. Okay. You think I'm kidding? <laughs> this ain't the place for you probably because to, to get more, you got to do more. And so Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and he said to them, why are you being so skeptical? Come on, dudes. Why are you being so skeptical? Mm -hmm. Why are you so skeptical? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are now forgiven or stand up and walk. But to convince you that the son of man has been been given authority to forgive sins, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher and walk home. Immediately the man was healed and sprang to his feet in front of everyone and left for home. Not sure how he got out the room. But anyway, when the crowd witnessed this miracle, they were all struck and they shouted praises to God and said, we've never seen anything like this before. Okay. So I know you know it, but I need to approach this account from a little bit of a different perspective. Let me tell you the part you know. I want you to notice that the house was full. Uh, the version I read to you declares that not only was the house full, but the crowd began to spill outside the doors. The, the crowd then blocks the attempt of these four men to get their paralyzed friend who needs a touch from Jesus to Jesus because they're in the way. That's the part you know. That's the part that we're familiar with. But I had a thought. I just had a thought. Are we to assume that there were no other sick folks 
in the crowd outside the door? Should we conclude that every broken, needy, sick, desperate person was inside the house within the reach and the touch of Jesus? I would submit to you this morning that I cannot make that conclusion. And I will not make that assumption. In fact, what I would suggest to you is that standing outside the house because they couldn't get in were some other folks who were in desperate need of a touch from Jesus, who needed Jesus to step in and heal them and deliver them and set them free and change their life. They were outside the purview of Jesus. They were outside the sight of Jesus. They were beyond the touch of Jesus and they were out there and they needed him desperately. Are you with me? Never thought about that before. I know you're probably smarter than I am, but I never thought about that before, that there were probably other people within the vicinity that needed, that had heard that Jesus was there and desperately wanted a touch, but couldn't get in the house. The reason a paralyzed man who couldn't get to Jesus by himself. And the only reason that the, we have this account inside scripture is because four men moved out. So here we go. The roof was available to everybody. But four men moved out. Y'all missed it. Access through the roof was available to the people who had arrived that day, who brought their sick, diseased son, who couldn't get in the house. The roof was accessible to them, but only four men moved out. Y'all ain't helping me none. The, the, the roof was available for that man and that woman that needed a miracle in their life and in their relationship. It was right there. They had the same access that the four men had, had but only four men moved out. Only four men. Access was available and only four men. They took a different, listen to this, they took a different, they took an out of the way, out of the ordinary path. They, for some reason, these four men, I don't know why, what set them apart, except I just, I, I, I'm trying to find them in here this morning because for some reason, they had a different mentality. Their mentality was this, whatever it takes. And whatever it takes. That the, 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 they, they had this whatever it takes mentality that other people didn't have. So only four thought to go where others didn't go. Only four came to the conclusion that this is not where I'm used to going. This isn't how I would normally approach. This isn't the acceptable path to entry. This isn't normal, but it's necessary for me to get to where I need to get. In fact, they came to the conclusion that if they had to tear normal up to get to Jesus, they would do it. Okay, I, I, I know you're comfortable with your little predictable praise. I, I, I know you've become satisfied with your ordinary, normal, routine approach to Jesus. Oh, come on, Jesus. I, 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 I know that what you've done Sundays in the past, what you've done in the week in the past has accomplished, I'm not discounting the fact that it has accomplished things in your life and you're closer to Jesus than you were before you did those things. However, what I am challenging you this morning with is this, what you've done in the past will not get you where you need to get now. 
So the only observation I need to make is that this year you are going to have to get a whatever, whatever it takes mentality. You are going to have to go where other people are not willing to go. You are going to have to do things that other people are unwilling to do. Normal is nice, but normal won't get you to him. You missed it. I'm going to say it one more time. Normal is nice. Doing church normal is nice. Doing prayer life normal is nice. Reading your daily devotion is nice. But I just came to stop and tell somebody this morning that normal is nice, but normal will not get you to him. Okay, so, 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 so you normally show up at worship and you listen to the worship team sing. But normal won't get me to him. I normally come and listen to them sing, but now I recognize I'm going to have to sing my own song. I can't get no help. I, 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 nor, I normally come to service on Sunday and I listen to the message and I take notes and then I don't think about what was said any longer after Sunday. In fact, on Monday, I can't even tell you what was said, but normal won't get me to him. So now I recognize that what, that's what got me to where I am. But now what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to begin to dig into the word for myself and I'm going to have to become a self-feeder and I'm going to have to feed myself. Yeah, yeah, I normally pray during service. But what I recognize now is that what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to get here 15 minutes early and I'm going to have to get in the altar and I'm going to have to pursue God because what got me here is not enough to get me to where I need to be because normal was nice and it was nice to wait and come late and it was nice to come and leave early. But now I've discovered that that was normal for me. But now the only way I can get to what I need to get from Jesus is I got to learn how to linger a little bit. Yeah, see, what, what, what normal do you need to tear up to get to Jesus? You say, well, why, why should I even think like that? Because your breakthrough's at stake? Because your deliverance is at stake? Because your healing's at stake? Because revival's at stake? Because your children are at stake, because your families are at stake, because your nation's at stake, because the people around you are at stake. Normal is nice, but normal won't get us to him at the degree and at the level that we need from him. We're going to have to tear some normal up. So, so, so to, get what, to get what others don't have, you will have to do things that other people won't do. So, so we gotta we gotta get out of our way and we go go out of our way and do new. Why would we con conclude otherwise? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way, expecting different results. Some of y'all been doing the same thing so long that you don't even know if there is a new way, and you get the same results. I have two questions for you this morning. The first one I have already posed to you, but let me pose it like this. What are you going to do this year that will take you to new? That's the first question. The second question is, who will you take with you? Although you may have to move by yourself, you don't have to move just for yourself. Can I just remind you that other than the mention in the Bible, these four men who carried their friend to Jesus received nothing but a repair bill for a roof. That's it. 
what their willingness to bust a move shows us is that the power, power of all of us is greater than the power of one of us. So by yourself, you may be able to get what you need this year, but together, hear me carefully this morning, but together, if we would all decide, in fact, I'm, I'll come to this in a minute, I'm not even asked for all of you. If we would, if, if a group of us would just decide to get all of him, then together, we could see more people saved and more people healed and more people delivered and more people set free together. It's called divine collaboration. Okay, y'all, it's the power of us. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't make a move by yourself and fool yourself. In fact, let me just give you another perfect public service announcement. I will sing, though none go with me, still I will follow with the best of them. It may not sound like the best of them, but I will sing it at the top of my lungs because I've made up my mind, and I have made up my mind for years that if you don't want to go, that's fine, I will go. However, this morning, may I stand on the truth presented by these four men and by the wise man, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon said that, that two are better than one. Then he says, he, listen to what he says now. He says two are better than one because there's more return, a better return on their work. He didn't say there was no return on your work when you're by yourself. He simply says that there's more return when there are two of you working to get. Are y'all here this morning? Because what I think he's telling us is this isn't that we have no return. It's just that if we would link arms and we would move out and get past what we've normally done and become desperate for him again, that we would have more return on our labors and on our efforts. In other words, it isn't that, you're, that you getting to Jesus isn't important. It's just that this is the truth. If we can get to Jesus together, then we would see more people impacted for the glory and the honor of Jesus. Yeah. More people will be restored and more people will find hope. So here's my challenge to you this morning. Find your four. Not everyone around you is going to be willing to move out. I have, I, 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 I have some bad news this morning. Not everybody sitting on your row. Not everybody wearing passion t-shirts. Not everybody that's got the passion sticker on their car is going to be willing to move past normal. You got to find your four. Not everybody that's in here this morning that likes it like this will like it when we get desperate for him. I, ooh, I, ooh, that went down right back there and hit me right back in the face. Not everybody is going to be comfortable with people that stream to the altar when they're not supposed to stream to the altar. You're interrupting the order of service, dude. Don't you know we do three songs then Pastor Andrew or Pastor Austin or Steve or somebody comes up here and does transition, holds up our movers cards, gives a salvation message, plays a sermon bumper, then the guy speaks once, somebody's gonna speak, and then we're gonna do a close and we're gonna take up an offering and we're gonna show you an announcement video. Then we get to go eat. And when you interrupt the order,
when you are so desperate for Jesus that you won't wait for the music to start and you start worshiping by yourself. I got some issues with that because I'm not in your four. Find your four. See, 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 not everyone in your house is going to be willing to pray more. Not everybody's going to be willing to praise more. Not everybody's going to be willing to give more. Not everybody's going to be willing to serve more. Not everybody's going to be willing to fast more. But I'm just looking for four. Who are the, I, I have to ask myself this question. Who are the four in my life who will push in when everybody else pulls back? Who in my life, who are the four in my life who will do whatever is necessary to take, whatever it takes to approach him and to get to him when everybody else around me is overtaken with apathy? Who are the four in your life who will push past their past, the obstacles, the resistance to get to him? And, and, I, and, and I don't normally preach like this, but in this case, let me just tell you, I'm looking for, for us four no more. I don't need all of you. In my life, I don't need all of you. That sounds harsh. Let me tell you what I do need. I need four. I need four people in my life that won't let me become satisfied with the way it's always been. I need four people in my life that says, you know what, buddy? You can't even get to Jesus by yourself, but that's okay. We got your back. You're stuck in a routine, and you're not really growing like you should be growing, and you're, you're not living, you're not thinking like, so what we're going to do is we're going to pick you up, and we're going to tear the roof off the place if we have to to get you to Jesus. I just need four people in my life who are your four? If I could just get four to make up their minds that ordinary will not accomplish the extraordinary, then, then we would see the broken restored. If I could just find four that are willing to take a different approach when we gather on Sunday mornings, then I'm just telling you, we could see more people saved. If I could just find four that would determine that I unlikely does not mean impossible, then what we would begin to see is people's lives changed and miracles happen and healings take place. If I could just find for not everyone's going to go to the roof with you but if you could find four see there are a lot of folks that are are satisfied to stand on the edge watching as others get to him they're content in their crisis they, they, they're, they're, they're fine with coming to church week after week and never experiencing any real change I ain't looking for them. I'm looking for my four. Surely inside a church called Passion, I can find four people that are willing to push past normal and do something different so they see different results. Surely in a church called Passion, we can find four folks when everybody else is just going through the motions and thinking, I've heard the worship team when they were better. I, I, I heard the preacher when he was better. Surely I can just find four people four, that would just say, I, I, I'm just not satisfied. Oh, by the way, at the end of the account, <laughs> After four men do what nobody else is willing to do so that they get a response that nobody else got. It says, just the Bible, it says that all the people in the house and standing outside the house make a declaration. 
they say, we've never seen anything like this before. Uh (laughs) Can I tell you this morning that if we could get four, just four, come on, Max, you want to be one of my four? Come here, Max, Max going to be one of my four. Come here, Max, Mike McPeak, would you just get your little rewrite on up here because I think you're one of my four. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Jason, would you just come here just one moment? I'm just gonna, I just need to use you. I, 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 I just, I need one. That's only three. I got to have one. I got to have one more. Who I got, who I got. So, Dylan, come here, bro. Come here. What y'all way back there for? <laughs> I just need y'all. I just need four. I hope all y'all join me, but really, I just need four. If I could just have four. Who are your four? Because see, when I don't, when I'm exhausted and when I don't feel like pressing in and when I don't really feel like worshiping, if I can get inside the four and when they get, I show up at church and I just want to go through the motions and I'm like, man, I don't like that song. But I can't, there's something going on around me. I got four doing, well, wait a minute. I, I don't understand. Why, why are they praying? Well, I guess I, when I can't press in because I've tried before, I've gone down this route before, I've prayed before, I've believed before, but so I'm out of belief. I can't believe by myself anymore. Now I got four people around me that are believing for me. When I can't get to Jesus, they'll pick me up and carry to him, me to him. These are my four. My question for you is, who you're for? Dylan's tired of being one of my four because I'm spitting right in his face. Right after COVID. Thank you, guys. So I don't need you all. I just need four. I want to challenge you this morning. This, this says this. It says this. We've never seen anything like this before. Can I tell you that if you could find four people in this room that will help you push past normal, we would begin to see things that we've never seen before. If I could have four people that would show up on a Sunday morning made up in their mind that they're going to worship God like they've never worshiped Him before, we would see people set free like we've never seen set free before. If I could get some folks that would begin to read their Bible like they've never read their Bible, we would see some folks hungry like we've never seen before. If I could just get four folks that would believe that the Bible is true and that the same God that healed people then can heal people now. I just need four. I just need four. I just need, we would see stuff like we've never, is there anybody in the house that wants to see some stuff that they've never seen before? Then would you get up on your feet? Why do I even have to ask you? Would you, would you get up on your feet for just a few moments? And begin to pull on him. Get to him. I just need you, Jesus. There's nothing else it will do.
right now is that you would allow pockets of four to rise up in this house. God, I pray that there would be men and women who have approached you through normal paths, normal routines, comfortable and predictable ways. And I pray that in this moment, they would become so desperate and hungry for you that now they would look for a, a way to get to, they, they would come up with this mentality. Let the mentality of these four men rise up in this house. We will do whatever it takes. I come against apathy in the name of Jesus. I come against going through the motions in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would bust us out of ruts in our life. And as disciplined as we may be in this moment and as discipled as we may be in our life, I pray that in this moment right now what you would do is you would reveal to us that what we've been doing is not going to be enough to get us to where we need to be and we would make up our minds to do whatever we got to do. Because, Father, hear my heart this morning. We want to see stuff we've never seen. God, I want to see people walk in with their bodies overtaken with cancer and watch them walk out healed. God, I want to see a man and a woman that have divorced and are used to love one another that now hate each other walk in and fall on their face in the presence of God and with no counseling necessary they look up and they see each other and their love is restored and their family is restored and their children are rescued simply because you can do what we cannot do. God, I want to see men walk into this house that have been broken and addicted all of their lives, generational curses over their life with people saying about them, that will never change. There's no hope. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that we would watch people walk in addicted, walk out clean, their lives restored, their hope restored, their families restored. God, I want to see, I want to see moms and dads who have been freaking out privately because of the condition they see of their children. And as much as the mom and dad loves Jesus, they're watching as their teenage son or their teenage daughter strays and wonders. And, and I pray that in the name of Jesus, we would begin to see things like we've never seen before. And we would watch young men and women walk into the house in the presence of Jesus. And the four of us that have made up our minds that we're going to do something different would press in for them. And we would watch those, those young men and women make a choice to follow Jesus and fulfill the destiny and the purpose and plan of God on their life. We believe for our kids. So, 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 so here's the deal. I don't know if the four men picked him or if he picked his four. I don't know. All I know, <laughs> all I know is they saw something like they've never seen before. So this is what I need you to do real quick. 
this is gonna be tough for some of y'all because y'all ain't y'all been the early the early shower upper or the late shower upper and the early leaver so you don't know anybody but I just believe that what God is trying to do this morning for some of you you need to look around and pick your four right now you need to find four people around you that are hungry for Jesus and make a pact with him that next Sunday we're gonna do whatever it takes on Wednesday we're gonna do whatever it takes we will make up our mind and pursue him. Can you find four real quick? Can you huddle up with four real quick? Come on, move, 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 move. I need four, I need four, I need four. Father, this is what I'm asking you to do in this moment right now. On the Sundays that I show up, and because of what I've been through this week, I don't really anticipate, nor do I really care about a move of God in my life. I pray that the four around me in this moment right now would pull me to you. Their praise, their faith, their prayers, their hope, their joy, would rub off on me and pull me to a new level. And then next week when we show up after that and the person that pulled me to you, now they're down because of what they've been through or now they're hurt. Now they're talking about giving up and quitting. I will rally to them and I will pull them to you, Jesus. Because corporately right now, we make a declaration together. We make, we make it as a declaration of, of, of belief and a statement that we believe you can do this, Jesus. 
we ask you in this year to let us see things that we have never seen before. We ask you that when we roll in to December, that we would be able to look over our shoulder and make the declaration about 2022 that in all the years of our gathering together as passion, we have never seen what you've done like you've done this year. We recognize that by asking for that, we also make this commitment, what we've always done, what we're comfortable with, the approach that we have taken in the past will not get us to where we need to be. And so we have, in the same breath of making the request and the declaration that we're going to see what we've never seen, we also make the commitment that we will do what we have never done. In fact, Lord, I pray this way and then I will move out of the way. I ask you to bring us to the place out of hunger, out of desperation, out of faith that we will do whatever it takes. Come on, tell your four, I'll do whatever it takes. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them. I, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. Nothing else, nothing else will do.
one more thing and then I'm, I, I promise I'm done. I, I, just, I just sense this, that there are, there are some individuals in the room that don't even know they need the four. They, they, you, what you've done has gotten you so far, you don't even think you need to do anything else other than you've done. And so I've asked, I ask you to, to huddle up in fours, but I'm gonna uh, turn this over to Pastor Andrew and we're gonna move on. But I just, I just really sense this strongly. There are some of you in this room this morning that need to approach someone, not at their bequest, not at their invitation. They didn't approach you. And I just think you need to tap them, say this to them and walk on. I think you need to say to them, I'm going to be one of your four. You say, well, what does that mean? That means that, that whether you like it or not, I'm not going to let you settle. That means like it or not, you may want to get away from Jesus, but you can't get away from Jesus because I'm going to keep pulling you to him. That means like it or not, you may want to go back. I'm not going to let you go back. I'm not going to let you sit through another worship service and not raise your hands. I'm not going to let you show up in another church service and not expect Jesus to do something in your life. I'm not going to let you show up back up in here week after week the same way you've always been and let you be satisfied with that. I'm going to keep asking you, have you seen anything you haven't seen before? Have you experienced anything you haven't experienced before? Have you touched Jesus like you haven't touched him before? I'm going to keep pulling you towards him whether you want to go or not. Pastor Andrew, come on. He's going to close us out. And he's going to do all the stuff we normally do because, you know. All right. So, so when he tells you about offering and he says you're dismissed, I need you to find somebody that wasn't expecting it. And I need you to tap them on the shoulder and look at them and say, I'm one of your four. And just keep on. I, and if they holler at you say, I don't want you as one of my four, then you probably pick the right person because we're going past we haven't normally gone before. Find your four. guys can be seated. Drew, I do want to say... Sorry, can I, I'm going to interrupt. I just feel like I'm supposed to say something real fast. My verse of the day, I don't know if y'all read the verse of the day each morning, but it just is so ironic today. How many of you like promises? I like a promise, but I like somebody to stand behind that promise. Amen. So the verse of today that I read this morning before church was, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness... What's it say? Shall or will be filled. So I just want to encourage you this morning. The Lord is true. He stands on his promise. And he says, if you will hunger and thirst after, well, I can't come to him. I can't get all this that Pastor Steve's talking about. Yes, you can. Because if you hunger and if you thirst after righteousness, what's righteousness? Jesus Christ is righteousness. So if we're hungering and thirsting after him this morning, he says, you will be filled. So just be encouraged in that yes, this morning. Yes, yes. This move out principle is something that's going to be hard. It's going to require effort. It makes me think of when we went to space and we went to the moon. It said that in the first 10 to 15 minutes, there was more energy used to get out of the atmosphere than there was for the remaining however many days left on that trip. So the first move out 
to move out of the gravity of what's comfortable, out of the gravity of what our relationships try to pull us into. That first move out motion is gonna be hard. So get ready for a fight. And I hope and I pray that you take this home and you're not gonna try and fight this alone because it won't work. Amen. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.